0: Relatively speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Murdo. Yeah!
1: Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. You once again are being treated to a nighttime version of the podcast, even though you're probably listening during the day, as Joe and I are recording on Thursday night, September 29th. Because we have busy schedules, we're important people, not gonna apologize about it. What what else can I say? Anyway, I'm Jared. Your co-host joining me today and every other day or night that we record this terrific podcast is my buddy Joseph Nardone. Joe, say what's up to the people.
2: What's up to the people?
1: There it is. So we're recording the third (laughs) quarter of this Thursday night football game. Just kicked off. Uh, We got the Dolphins and the Bengals kicking off week four. I have Jarvis Landry on my fantasy football team. I'm going to do my best to not get distracted by him or anything else that happens tonight. But if you hear me make a weird noise... And you have no idea where it came from. It's probably because Landry did something well or Tannehill stunk. I digress. Let's get into the podcast, Joe. Yeah. You got some big stuff to talk about yourself. I do. You sure freaking do. Don't even pretend. Don't front. Don't be humble. I don't want to hear any of it. Joe interviewed our hero and pretty much everybody else's hero. I mean, we got pajamas for the guy. We eat his breakfast cereal. We have his trading cards. I have his poster on my wall.
2: I did not interview Joe Colby Brissette.
1: <laughs> did you just call him Joe Kobe. Yeah, you know I, I did. Joe Kobe Brissett?
2: Joe, Joe Kobe. <laughs> That's what gonna go for on Halloween. Is Joe Kobe Brissett.
1: Joe Kobe Brissett. Where you, are you Kobe Bryant, and Joe Kobe. Anyway, man, way to way to kill all the steam, all the momentum, which doesn't exist. Taking it back to our early shows. Joe got to interview Jamal. Oh my god, <laughs> you're killing it, son. Jamal. We're the worst. Joe got to interview Jamil Freaking Warney of Stone brook fame the stony brook seawolf who was the three-time america east player of the year who uh is at training camp with the dallas mavericks we went nuts over jameel warney when we were discussing the ncaa tournament a few months ago we're just big fans of the guy playing at a smaller program and being a dominant player for a few years anyway joe, joe does a lot of great work at today's U if you don't know and uh, uh he got to interview jameel warney and he has features that are out currently for today's fast break and he's got one coming out for today's you I shouldn't be talking anymore, Joe. Tell me everything about Jameel Warning, man. Are you guys best friends yet, or what? Oh, we're best friends.
2: I mean, this me and his friendship date back years now, but uh, I mean, I once made the joke to him on Twitter that he owes me money, because nobody knows who he was, <laughs> until I started, not that I'm famous, <laughs> till, nobody, till, till I started telling everybody how great he is, um...
1: And he still decided to accept your request for an interview. No, nah, but yeah. Well,
2: that time when I tweeted that to him, he tweeted that to me that I'm a savage. Um, he's a really good guy. So uh, the uh, when I requested the interview it was to talk about Steve Peichel. I wanted uh, Jameel's insights about him as a coach and what he thought that he brings to Rutgers. You know, and then why I had him, I was like, I might as well talk to him about the NBA because, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna abuse the fact that he agreed to the interview, so we talked about Pico for a little bit. Um, some that that'll be live Monday. Um, some funny anecdotes in there. Uh, he 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 adds good perspective to what Pico brings to Rutgers. I won't talk too much about that because I know our listenership probably doesn't care a whole ton about Rutgers. As for him trying to make the NBA, which is a very interesting story, like uh, Jared alluded to, three-time AEC player of the year, probably, at least arguably, but probably the greatest player in the history of that conference, at least over a four-year span. Um, I remember him as a freshman having a monster game against Maryland. I asked him about that, if if he or Peichel had that wow moment where they're like, oh, okay, you're going to be a really good basketball player. And they, he said they did. He said that Peichel, during the recruiting process, actually, actually said, like, you come to Stony Brook and you're actually going to be a really, really good player from day one. And he's like, it wasn't like a recruiting pitch just to get me there. He actually believed it. And uh, now he's with Dallas. Dallas only has one roster spot left. They have, Everybody else has guaranteed deals. Um, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He's just trying to get healthy. There's six other guys, I believe, fighting for that one roster spot. I think he knows that it's not going to be him. Um, I mean, he didn't say as much. It's just kind of the, the tone, because when I asked him if he was, what, like, you know, if he knows what the plan was and he says he wasn't sure and that he was dealing with the injury. And that, um, you know, the, he's dealing with culture shock. He's from, he's from New Jersey. He's in Dallas. Now downtown Dallas is different. Uh, he's just trying to learn as much as he can from the veterans. Uh, he said summer league was crazy. Like you knew dudes for a week, and then you're out there trying to earn a job. Um, and I think the biggest thing I took from him was how he's so willing to take pro basketball and pro basketball's terms that he's not threatened. Like if he, if, if Dallas is like, hey, you're not, like if they don't offer him that last roster spot, he's open. Now he said he's going to have to lay his options whether he's going to go to the D League or overseas and that's probably a financial decision for him but he feels like at worst he's one year away from being in the nba and uh i tell you it was really refreshing because he's i think he clearly knows like he's probably not getting that last roster spot and he's like not even sweating it he's confident enough that he'll be back next year in the nba that's awesome man that, and he's that's a really good team. he's a really good dude um i like i admit it when i plugged it like i'm a bit slanted because he's one of my favorite college basketball players of all time um it's hard to discuss him because he's a big and like it's usually your favorite players are usually guards like juan dixon's my favorite of all time and then big man it's weird like i have weird big man favorite i zinden hamilton is one of my favorites um i know you know who Zinden hamilton is nobody else does well, hey,
1: you'd be surprised, man. We have a lot of Queens listenership over here, so shout-out well, to the Red Storm and shout-out to
2: Anthony Glover. Um, John Wallace is obviously up there for me. Um, I think John Wallace is a lot of people's up there, like big men from, like, you know, I like Terry Hare Do you remember Terry DeHair? From yeah, I remember oh.
1: Terry DeHair. He played, he played for the Clippers for a few years.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'd date
1: myself by saying something. You definitely are. You 100% are so I might have to stop here. Yeah, all
2: right, but I'm just saying, he's one of my favorite players of that all time. I feel I do wish, I in the piece I wrote for today's Fast Break, I asked him about it. So, like, the dude is, a, he's a fringe NBA player right now, but, like, he scored, like, a bazillion points in the NCAA like, tournament. I feel like he's, like, the best domestic player that nobody's ever heard of. He has less than 2,000 followers on Twitter. Like, that's insane, right. yeah, isn't it's, it? it's amazing. Like, Kiefer like yeah, who I yeah. love, like, I love Keeper sites, He played for Green Bay. Has, like, 40,000 followers. Right. And, you know, yeah, like, I mean, Jamil Warney's a better basketball player. Ston-
1: right. You know, Stony Brook with Warney kind of became one of the better New York. And, I mean, I know Long Island and really Suffolk County, where Stony Brook is, isn't exactly New York City. But with Warney, Stony Brook became one of the premier basketball programs in New York. And he definitely put that program on the map. I mean, you know, you made the joke about how you helped people find out about Warney. Warnie probably helped a lot of people find out about Patil. Michael. The coach is now... at Paykel, I'm sorry. I'd never say his name I, right. The he made is- the
2: joke. I kind of forced him into it. uh right. I asked him if, if he ever joked. Because he worked out at Rutgers all summer with Paykel and the team. I'm like, did you ever tell Paykel he owes you money? He goes, oh, all the time. He thinks I'm joking, but I'm serious. <laughs> so, uh, I uh... Mean, it-
1: he probably does. Again, Warney really helped put that Stony Brook program on the map. Warnie's not be the
2: greatest player in the history of the AEC. I don't think that's debatable. Is it debatable? Uh,
1: I don't know if Hartford was in the America East when they had Vin Baker. If they did, then it was definitely Ooh, that's,
2: that's, that, that's a good one. I don't know. I'm have to look it up.
1: Right. I think that – I don't know. Again, I, I know Hartford was D2 at the time when they had Vin Baker. Shout-out to my alma mater, University of Hartford. Uh, but I don't know if they were in the America East. I want to say they weren't. If they were, again, it's definitely Vin Baker. But in the 20 years since Vin no, Baker... No, they
2: were the N- NAC at the time.
1: Or exactly. There you go. So, I mean, essentially the only person... Oh, you know who was... The, you know what's uh, weird,
2: though? All right, so this is a 93. This is way up. Vin Baker won, was in the NAC, but won the AEC Player of the Year.
1: Weird. J.J. Barea played for Northeastern when Northeastern was in the America East, so it might be J.J. Barea. No,
2: no, no, because you're, you're playing results of him being a good pro. I think, one, had the more pro- prolific
1: oh, college career. Sure, that that's fair, sure, that that's fair, yeah, definitely. Anyway, we don't don't need to debate America East all-time players. It's really cool that you got to speak with Jameel. He's a great kid. Again, you know, my, we talked about him in Stony Brook a while ago when, when college basketball was a little more relevant.
2: I, I am I am your home for Stony Brook coverage. I did Jeff Bowles the new head coach earlier this year. Yep. Well I, yeah, you
1: are again My my father in law, my soon to be father in law, has season tickets courtside for Stony Brook men's basketball games, so he's gotten to watch that team up
2: close. Can I oh, drop I a name know. on the floor and then you can pick it up? Do it. I have Jeff Bowles' cell phone number. Wow. Yeah, so I mean like, you know, I'm just gonna drop that there if anybody wants to pick that up.
1: We are the official Stony Brook Sea Wolves podcast. Apparently, their football program is pretty decent too. Victor Ochi. Any- yeah. Anyway, let's let's not spend ten minutes talking about Stony Brook or Jameel Warnie. I really just wanted to shout you out doing that feature. I really,
2: you know, I would talk about Stony the- Brook for an hour or two.
1: Yeah, I'm literally stopping you here. Like I, I have know. tried to stop you three times, and I've been oh, I'm unsuccessful. Sorry, I like
0: college
2: basketball, and I know it's not everybody's thing, <laughs> right, so I apologize. But like in two weeks, I'm going to be insufferable with college basketball.
1: I cannot wait, I too love college basketball, and if you're listening to this podcast, it has to be because you know the two of us, so you probably can't hate college basketball too much. But anyway, let let's not get into college hoops yet. We essentially had Midnight Madness for the NBA this week as NBA training camps opened up on Tuesday. We had Media Day on Monday, so it's, it's pretty cool to get the NBA back in, in one way or another. Uh, I'm excited. you know, we opened up Monday Show talking about Big Paul Pierce News which just wound up being him saying he's going to retire after this season. He did not retire this week. So we have Pierce news. Obviously, no Kevin Garnett, no Tim Duncan. That didn't stop them from showing up at training camps. Oddly, you know, Duncan shows up for the Spurs. Kevin Garnett today was spotted in Malibu at the Clippers training camp, working with Blake Griffin. So it was really funny seeing that and seeing, you know, news break how both the Cavs and the Clippers have offered Kevin Garnett to coach on their, their teams when he just announced his retirement, you know, like, what, two weeks ago. Um, what were some of the things that you've seen so far this week that have caught your attention coming out of NBA training camps?
2: Uh, the Garnett one's a big one. I thought, I always, I feel like um, it, someone like, like, these guys need, like, a year removed. Not because they're not ready or anything like that. They just need to decompress from the lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? And he's just too too into it right now so I don't know that that, that was weird to me I, I'm not against it I also don't know if he has the right temperament to be a head, uh, a, a coach of any kind um, my feelings on him is that he's kind of a bully um so I don't know how well that works generally like great players don't make great coaches it's usually the lesser than co- players that make better coaches right um, but I mean if it's only as an assistant, and you know, Doc, if it's for the Clippers and Doc Rivers is able is able to put a governor on him because he's Doc Rivers and Kevin Garnett obviously respects him, then that makes one thing. Um, another thing that is not it, it's not necessarily coming out of training camp, but it's starting to be reported more and more is that apparently Marcus Smart all of a sudden is going to be really good. And um, I want to know how this happened, like how this narrative started to become <laughs> a thing. Um, also, while they drafted uh, Jalen Brown. Who is the Marcus Smart clone? Just a little bit bigger. <laughs> I want like this is. I was gonna write a column today, joking about that Boston's just for cool, like the Celtics are just a team of clones. Um, but then like you know uh, Isaiah Thomas kind of ruins that because he's not like the rest of the team. But everybody right. else is kind of the same player. Like they can't shoot. They're good defensively. You know what I mean? Um, yeah,
1: I mean that, that's not inaccurate. I mean they got. Horrible- Referred to kind of really be the anchor of the defense, but they already were very solid defensively. You kind of wonder where the offense is coming from. Aside it's from Isaiah Thomas, Thomas,
2: and I guess like, not, like, listen, we both like Jay Crowder a ton. Um, it's just I just I, I just don't know how this Marcus Smart thing became a thing again.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, that's going to be the type of thing that we're going to have to see before we believe it. I was a huge fan of Marcus Smart coming out of Oklahoma State, but even there, he wasn't exactly an efficient scorer. No, um, so he shot
2: like thirty percent from three. I, I'm I'm trying to go on memory recall here, but he wasn't a good shooter at all.
1: In no, that was never a strength of his. I'd be surprised if it is all of a sudden, but he's a dog, and that's a team full of dogs. So they're, they're definitely someone to keep an eye on.
2: You mean that as a compliment? Though, like,
1: yeah, like he gets after it. He is yeah. a hard worker. He's got a high motor. You know, I'm, I don't mean to go all cliche talking about the Celtics, but high motor, sneaky athletic. <laughs> well, there's not many white guys in in the picture, so no, I'm not not referring to that. They just say they, they play. Kelly
2: or whatever.
1: Kelly Olyanich, yeah, my boy. Um, yeah, there are a couple. I other thought things he
2: was in your rookie year. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I just want. To, I just want to put people, you know, context that you know, even geniuses like me don't get it right all the time.
1: Well, I mean, he had a monster last year at Gonzaga, so it wasn't totally. Out of well, what we learned
2: is don't believe in anybody from Gonzaga except for Demontis so to be honest.
1: And Matt Bolden, speaking of college basketball players who you irrationally have love for. That was my guy. Anyway, back to training camps. No. You know, we we talked about the Clippers a little bit. We talked about Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. One of the funnier things this week was Paul Pierce referring to the Clippers as the third super super team team. in the NBA. because (laughs) He he actually laughed about who the second super team was, which uh, is or isn't the Knicks. Speaking of the Knicks, um, you know... Obviously, I can go on the Knicks forever, but I found it interesting today. The first team apparently got beaten by the second unit.
2: Which is on Randall. You can't sleep on that kid.
1: I, what, was Randall out there? I know mm-hmm. for sure that it was Holiday, Hernan Gomez, Lance Thomas. Randall,
2: and, from what I read, Randall stole the it ball Jennings. that led to the fast break to win the 5-on-5 five five scrimmage.
1: That's right. It was Randall, not Jennings. Brandon Jennings wasn't out there. So again, it's it's Randall, it's Holiday, it's Hernan Gomez. Lance Thomas and Maurice Endor. Who Three of five clamps. guys
2: you've never heard of.
1: <laughs> right, who put put the clamps on the super team Knicks. We're not gonna talk about the Well Doc also
2: called the Clippers a super team. We're not no, he I, said that there's no gap between them and the Warriors.
1: Well, that's inaccurate, but uh I mean it's feasible they'll be the second best team in the West. I don't think now's the time to really go full NBA preview. No I am to say
2: like these people are insane. Cuz like like <laughs> I understand like you have to like it's not like Doc can come out and be like, "Yeah, like we're going to be 15 games worse than the, the Warriors and we really have no chance." Right. But like like you don't need to be like so about it. I guess like you don't have to be like, "Yep, yeah, no gap, no gap at all." Like you would be like, "Yeah, it's going to be tough this year because they have four superstars and it'll be all-pill climb." You don't have to be like, "No gap. We're awesome." Yeah. And and like that like you know when when uh when Paul Pierce said that, it made me think of when Vince Young went to Philadelphia and said they had a super team. Yeah. He's, oh, like, 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 he's washed. Paul Pierce is washed. He's going to play like three minutes a game. Like, you don't want some random guy in your... Like, if his name wasn't Paul Pierce, his, his name might as well be, like, Larry Nick Benchwarmer at this point. And he's saying these things that he shouldn't be saying. Like, if I'm yeah. Chris Paul, I'm like, hey, dude, please shut up.
1: Yeah, I couldn't blame him if he did. I mean, Pierce shot 31% from three last year, which was easily the worst of his career. He looked like a corpse last season. I can't imagine it getting much better for him this year. You know what would be great?
2: If they hire well, Garnett as an assistant, and then Paul retires, and they hire, hire him as an assistant. And then it could just be like the old Celtics team. Yeah, that'd Clippers. be fantastic.
1: I, I can't wait for Rondo to join that staff one day, too.
2: Um, Do you think they'll invite Ray Allen?
1: Of course they will not invite Ray. We talk about
2: the Boston thing far too much. And we're not yeah. even Boston fans. No,
1: we are absolutely not. But a team that we are kind of fans of. Who? At least I'm really Who? going into a fan of them. And I know you are. Who do you, I'm going to give you one guess. Who do you think?
2: Uh, the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Come on, man. The, all Sixers, right. oh, the Sixers. All right. Oh, the Sixers. We're talking Sixers? Oh, Sam Sixers. We're both all the on the Sixers. Ben Simmons. Reportedly up to two hundred and fifty pounds. He was two seventeen at the end of the college basketball season. So tell me how a guy who doesn't care about basketball, who doesn't have a motor, who every other bad thing you could say about him, how did he gain thirty-three pounds of muscle in the last five months? Steroids. How does that happen, Joe?
2: <laughs> steroids. Recklessly speculating, steroids. You heard it here first. Simmons is on the zombie juice. I mean it's possible. He's huge. Um, no, or, I, or like he didn't have to worry about going to college anymore and just focus on his career, so he's able to better prepare himself for his NBA lifestyle. You know my favorite report that came out about the Sixers? Um, our friend, our, fr- our colleague we've known for years, Jake L. Fisher, reported that the Sixers are are planning on playing Dario Sarge at the three, and I've been, like, for three years, I've been sitting here saying, like, Dario Sarge is a three. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly like, like, how did I figure this out three years ago, and the Sixers are just dining on this now, and they're the team that drafted them.
1: I mean, I, I think that that might have been your boy Sam Hinky's vision to begin with. I really think that we're looking at a team that's going to be playing positionless basketball. And I I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Um, and it, it's interesting because Nerlens Noel came out earlier this week, and he was talking about being unhappy to be there and how he thinks the team needs to make a trade, and then GM Brian Colangelo kind of fires back. Yeah, we're not going to make a trade. We're fine. Everything's fine. And you look at this roster, and listen— I don't know how a team's gonna come out that, you know, couldn't put together twenty wins over the last two seasons and come out and be competitive, but you look at the talent on this team, you look at the depth in the front court, and even if these are guys that don't have a ton of experience, there's a lot of talent there. This this team really intrigues me. Again, I don't think they're gonna push for a playoff spot or anything, but I think they're gonna play fun basketball and I'm really excited to see what positionless basketball looks like with Guys like Simmons and Sarge and even Noel, who offensively, you know, isn't going to give you much anywhere he plays. But can guard fives and fours, is a great rim protector, is a great rim runner. You know, definitely has a place in the league. And, of course, you got Joel Embiid, who's going to be the center for this team. And I just can't wait to see him on a basketball court. I I love what this team looks like. Again, they're not going to be good, but I'm really intrigued by them. And I thought they had one of the more interesting weeks, you know, to open up training camp this week.
2: Nice. Um... Listen, man, the Sixers, obviously, I was a Sam Hinkie. I trusted the process. Um, I, I still do. S- so do I. So, know, does so, do I Embiid. so do I, and I hate the fact that this is going to work and he's not going to get the credit he deserves. But, um, like, I, I still go back to the whole thing. Like, I understand Embiid's been hurt for two years. I don't remember a center being that young and raw, but still super polished, as Embiid was, coming out. Like his footwork was up, like he only played basketball for two years at, before he hit Kansas. Like, man, he is going to be special if he can stay healthy. And I really, I really believe that. Yes, I'm a Dario Sarge Stan, but realistically, I could see him being a 12.7 rebound, six assists per game guy. Uh, Simmons, athletic marvel, the ceilings, Higher than a Cheap and Shine movie. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there's, they're not going to win now. They're still not going to win right now. But I think the foundation set. Like, Noel's up. I get it. He's upset. He's been there a couple of years. He's probably going to get traded. So, chill. But they need a guard. So, you know, 20 games in, you'll be traded for, like, some Bohemish guard. So, don't you worry about it.
1: Yeah, I think Noel winds up being the odd man out too. Um, but it, I it, think that's the
2: right move, by the way. Because I, I'm not. I'd rather. I'm still banking. I know Noel's right now is probably the safer bet, but I'm still banking on Okafor to do enough offensively that you're like, eh, with the defense.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's a guy that you can really write off just yet. And I know a lot of people really want to when it comes to Jalil Okafor. Uh, in terms of trading Noel and what they're able to do with the guys on the team right now, I mean, this is the last year on his rookie contract, so I don't know that he's the easiest piece for them to move and get a good return on. But in terms of talent and what he's capable of, I mean, I think Nero Noel is the type of guy any team could trade for and have their future rim protector for the next 10 years. I'm well, a big I can candidate. see a contender
2: trading for him and giving up a decent guard. A decent guard and, and like a protector first-rounder.
1: We'll see. I don't want to speculate too much into what they wind up doing, but, I mean, it does seem clear that they can't find minutes for all those guys to play and be productive. But, you know, you can't argue the talent, and you can't argue the potential. So, they're just a team that I'm really going to keep a close eye on and be really intrigued by all season. And I know you are, too. So, we are officially the Stony Brook slash Philadelphia 76ers podcast. And Jacoby Brissett, obviously. Yeah, Jacoby. Joe Kobe Brissett.
2: Joe Kobe Brissett. All right. What's ready? his nickname? All the right. Red, White, and Blue Mamba? <laughs> because of New England Patriots?
1: Done and done. That's how that works. All right, let, let's make a move, and let's get into our first segment of the show. <laughs> I love how you
2: avoid using Pivot now.
1: You know, every single podcast I listen to, when they change courses and talk about something different, they all say, let's pivot, but it's not good enough for Joe Nardone. That's fine.
2: Well, do you anyway, want to be hey, listen, if everybody jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you jump off the Brooklyn Bridge? No, I'm just trying to sound smart like everybody else, bud. This isn't about suicide. Did you just,
1: just, just bud me, chief? I didn't. Oh, bud and chief are not on the same level. Bud is friendly. Chief is condescending. What,
2: what about guy?
1: It's a, it depends on the person you're talking to. If we're strangers and I say guy to you, you're probably not going to like it. But, like, come on, guy. Like, in a friendly conversation?
2: I no, no, guy, no, works. guy never some, works. Guy, chief, someone, bud, boss.
1: Oh, some of those are worse than others. I don't think bud champ. is a bad one. Champ's bad. Chief is bad. Someone on Twitter got really upset to me about me when I called, referred to them as this guy. They were like, guy, in all caps, wrote back, guy. So they didn't like that. I apologize if I offended you, my friend. I don't think that's as condescending as Bud. But let's pivot and <laughs> let's go into our first segment of the show and do some that don't look good. Hit the
2: music.
0: It might not be a fault, but maybe.
2: So do you want to set this up, Uncle Jared?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess I will.
2: But, so but we let's, have, let's try lately. Let's try
1: yeah, definitely. So listen, we're not here to make enemies, and we, Joe and I really have kind of written for a vast majority of sports networks and blogs and websites, you know, in our years as sports writers, but apparently we haven't written for as many places as one Burt Gertzen. There was a really weird story today that came out of Fansided, and it had to do with Fansided's newest columnist, who is one Mia Khalifa. Now, if you don't know who Mia Khalifa is, and you're listening to this at work, don't Google her, (laughs) at least not on your work computer, maybe do it on your phone, but... Mia Khalifa, uh, we talked about her on the podcast before, didn't we? When she had uh, whatever going on with a college football player, she was beefing with somebody, I don't know. Anyway, Mia Khalifa is a former adult film actress who went to Florida State and has been known to tweet about sports. She's from the D.C. area, so she tweets about the D.C. teams. She tweets about Florida State football a lot. and uh, Apparently, she was scooped up by Fansided to do a college football column every week. I have not read her work yet. Again, I've been too afraid to Google her name at work, so I haven't seen anything that she's written. But apparently today, Fansided has a 75-year-old writer named Burt (laughs) Gertzen, who wrote a column about the newest addition to the Fansided Network and how he feels about discovering who she is. And the piece was really, really weird. The column, it just, like... I don't know. It's it read like Charlie Sheen, Ron Burgundy, and like you're
2: burying the, the lead here. Get to the juicy stuff. Uh,
1: anyway, it, it was it wasn't a great column. It was pretty chauvinistic. It was pretty terrible. But I guess that's apparently this Bert Gertzon shtick. Awful announcing. Reached out to fansided to ask some questions about this, and at the end of the day, it turns out Bert Gertzon is not real. Bert Gertzon is Manti Teo's girlfriend, Not an existent person. It's somebody that was created, it's a shtick to showcase, I don't know, old writers and how they feel about writing in the digital age, and uh, it's just all, it's all really, really weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Joe, what do you make of this whole thing that came out?
2: Um, well, first they sent the person, Jim Cavanaugh, onto awful announcing to claim the person was real. Um... Right, so, so that, that happened after the article was written and then
1: there was, like, fake Twitter beef, apparently now we know it's fake, between Mia Khalifa and the Burt Gertzen Twitter account. Other fan-sided writers got involved and mediated slash poured gasoline on the fire to draw attention to it. I'm sorry to cut you off.
2: No, it's okay. So, and now fan released a statement saying they didn't really apologize for it. They blamed the readers for not getting the joke. Um... Listen, man, I, uh, I started in this business as a blogger with aspirations to become a journalist. Um, I always held those ethics and morals close to me um, because it was important to me that I could eventually reach those goals. I'm a journalist now. But even back when I was a blogger, I knew there were certain lines you didn't cross. I have no problem with them giving her the platform to write, none at all. Um, I haven't really read a ton of her stuff. So I don't really have a place to say if she's a good writer, if she deserves it, whatever. If they, I'm not against giving somebody a platform. Um, I do think you're doing, because they, they recently launched a women's only platform of very talented writers like Lindsay Gibbs and many others who I'm, I'm blanking on right now, but I apologize. Uh, so I, I, if I'm them, I feel, I feel hurt and like there's a disservice because this was clearly a... Uh, a shtick to get more attention.
1: It's to a me- publicity stunt.
2: Yeah, and it was poorly done. And man, you just made the hire of Jim Cavanaugh, who brings a ton of credibility with him. And the first two things you do since he comes on board is, even if it's only in perception, you hire a former porn act- actress. I and mean, the next thing you do is create a fake person to help elevate that person. And... Um, it was very obvious from the beginning the person wasn't real. So it's not that anybody didn't get the joke. It was the joke wasn't funny. Right. And as somebody that struggled, I don't know, how long I even knew it seven years? Whatever. For, I think in seven years, five of them I struggled mightily. I guess I'm on stable ground finally now for the last six months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, like, uh, and there's a lot of more female writers in a worse position than I am because... Sports coverage is still A bunch of cavemen Do you know what I mean So uh, This is just bad for the business And uh, I mean this is I'm not going to Toot our own horn too much But this is why I like working for the network I like working for Because we value Quality work And Quality people And we don't rely on A gimmick to get clicks, and then I'm not. We're not going to blame our readers for not getting a joke. Uh, Yeah, it's a bad look. And and I gotta say, I gotta say this too. I have friends that work at like very, very close friends. I'm not going to name them by the name because I mean, I think people that follow me know who they are. Um, I feel bad for them because what's going to happen is there's good people that work there. Like there's good people that work at any any place or any other network, and they're going to get lumped into which is probably four or five people's decision to do that. And I mean, you're, they're owned by time. And if time is serious about journalism, somebody's head should roll. But if, the, if they're only doing this as a, a tech company, a way to make money, then, then that's fine, and then you don't fire anybody. But then you can never, ever, ever, ever ask me to take a single thing published there seriously, and that's a shame because there are good people that work there. I'm very right. passionate about this business, and I know you are too. And uh, but I poured thousands of hours in trying to get better, and some of those hours were for that company. And um, man, it's when they do that, it takes the entire business to step back because it makes these writer or readers aren't dumb so they're like, oh okay, and then they're going to do the, the the math and be like well all these sites are going to be like this because of clicks and all that stuff and it's just it's disheartening, man. I'll tell you like when I first heard about it I came into this late, like I wasn't on the Twitters when it happened and it was brought to my attention, and I was, my first reaction wasn't anger. It was it was sadness. It was, man, like, this is a business I really care about, and there's people that run and operate something that could do great work and has great writers who decided to do shtick and a gimmick to bring eyeballs and then be unapologetic about it. So, I mean, it's disheartening.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's well said. And again, you know, you, you we both have friends at at Fansided, and we have both written for Fansided, and you know, we don't go out of our way to say anything bad about any other network. And you know, a few months ago, there was one of our bad tweets with someone bashing Fansided, and we really stood up for them. And you know, we we noted that they've been making efforts to to really be a more credible source and to to hire better writers, and that their content was improving so much. And it just felt really weird to kind of look around and see a lot of writers who we do respect, kind of like pushing this story today and pushing this, like, you know, this gimmick. And it feels weird because, like you kept saying, you know, we both have so much respect for the industry and not just, you know, because we work so hard, but we understand how hard other people work to have relative success in this industry and how much passion people have for this and the work that we do. And, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not going to allow, you know, one column to make every network look bad or even to, to completely diminish fan side, its efforts. But, to see them heading in such a good direction and then to look at this and what happened today and the way it all unfolded and not just not just that it happened, like, it happening should have been bad enough on its own, but, like, the fact that they wanted to draw more attention to this and it just kept getting worse, and, you know, when, when before we recorded, you asked if I think anybody's gonna get fired, and I thought it was a little extreme, but, you know, the way you explained it just now, like, yeah, you guys are trying to be more legitimate, and then you do this, and it only looks worse, and it keeps getting worse, and... It, it looked bad. It looked bad for them if they're trying to establish themselves as a serious journalistic source. And that wasn't what we got today out of them. I don't want to overreact to it. I was a little offended by it. I was a little offended when I saw the Burt Gertzen column retweeted. Like, I saw somebody tweet a, a screenshot of it like, oh, my God, this is so funny. I can't breathe. And I'm reading it and I'm just like, this isn't really funny. This feels really forced. Like, everything you're saying kind of sounds like B.S., and then to see it escalate on Twitter, it just it wasn't a good story. It didn't, look, it didn't look good, doesn't look good. And, you know, I'm not even, like, interested to see where it goes from here. I just, like, I don't understand. I don't get the motive behind it besides drawing attention to yourselves in a bad way.
2: My – I got to be careful what I say. But I know there's very good people that work there and very talented people. And it's clear that they're not – uh, a media or a journalist company, they are in the business of being a business. So I think that's how they should be viewed. And that, I think that was highlighted pretty, pretty well today. So if that's the case, then nobody should be fired. But just don't expect me to ever think of that network as something other than a business. I know when I read ESPN, I'm going to get journalism or an attempt, or at least an attempt at something, or CBS or NBC or Sports on Earth or Deadspin or whoever. That you know you're going to get honest attempts at original content and good work. And do other places do shtick? Absolutely, man. Whoever greenlit that, and then saw. That and still said, yeah, let's do it. That's bad. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how else to put this without without coming off super soapboxy. I'm just saying that kind of thing has to go through a couple editorial steps first, or it should at least go through a couple editorial steps first before that decision is made. Because you go from hiring Mia Khalifa, which is fine, to we're gonna create this guy, okay. We're gonna say he's from all these places, okay. He's gonna write a column for us, and it's gonna be all. St- we're gonna we're gonna stereotype an old timey writer, all right. And then we're gonna have him publish columns that are misogynistic, and uh, we're gonna take every negative idea we have of old timey writers and have him be that. And then we're gonna eventually use this to prop up our latest hire. Who may be who might be offending the talented female writers we already have on staff, and that got greenlit every step. And uh, it doesn't look good. No, I think the, that's a good. Yeah, way it doesn't to, look it, good. It I'm, doesn't I'm, look I'm just good. trying to be really careful here because I have friends there, and I don't want to make sweeping judgments because I, I'm imagining it's three to five people that made a decision without anybody else really knowing, and. If they, those people should be, those people probably aren't journalists, those people are probably businessmen.
1: Right, and listen, you know, it's it's part of the industry, us having written for so many places, we've written for, for websites that have run columns or have had writers who we've been like, ugh, really, this, I feel weird associating with this. So, I mean, it, it happens, it's it's part of the industry, but again, you know, we, we, we feel like that just wasn't in good taste and was a series of poor decisions. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add to it. You ready to move on?
2: Yeah, let's that was depressing. Yeah, it, it was, but you know what, like Do you wanna hear a bad dad joke? Sure. To cheer you up. Knock knock. Who's there? Boo.
1: Boo hoo, stop crying.
2: Don't cry, it's only your friend Joe.
1: You I feel like you've told fine time on this podcast. Okay, already. I
2: have one more. No, nope,
1: no, nope. nope, you lost. No you no, no, let it. me do one more.
2: Come on, come on, come on,
1: come on. Go for it. Knock knock. Who's there? Ach- Butch who?
2: God bless you. Her, her, her. Listen, I said they were dad jokes. I mean, I wasn't coming with you with any kind of Eddie Murphy stuff
1: there. I wasn't expecting Eddie Murphy. Let's move on. It's really weird to transition from that that. to this and have dad jokes in the middle of it. But before we get into our NFL Week 4 picks, we had a little bit of NFL news drop this afternoon. Josh Gordon, who was supposed to return to the Browns Week 5, uh, the Browns released a statement that Gordon is entering inpatient rehab and is out indefinitely. Um, we didn't really get a lot of detail on this in terms of when the team expects him to be back with them or if what this is related to. I mean, Gordon was suspended for all of last season because of substance test related to marijuana, so we assume that it's marijuana related, but at the same time, you know, marijuana isn't known to be an addictive drug, and it's You know, I don't know anybody who's ever gone to rehab for for smoking pot, not to make jokes of this or make any light of the situation. The bottom line is it's great that if Josh Gordon feels he needs help to get his life back on track, he's receiving that help. And, you know, not to be cynical about this and question the timing with him being a week out, it just, you know, everybody, everybody was up in arms. I was waiting to have him on my fantasy team. What the heck, the Browns were waiting for him. Some people were excited because now Terrell Pryor is a better fantasy option. I just think that this wasn't really prioritized the right way. Again, it's just, it's great that somebody who's as talented as Josh Gordon is and has been as troubled, apparently, as Josh Gordon is to the point that he's been suspended so much in recent history is doing what he feels is right or what the organization feels is right and getting some help for himself.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the timing's obviously weird. I'm glad you noted that there's probably more, I don't want to, Recklessly, recklessly speculate but there's probably more here than just weed um,
1: I believe he he got a DUI before too so I mean I don't know if maybe this is related to that
2: yeah I don't mean I, I, I want to be careful correlating things but right if he feels like listen football is in the in the grand scheme of things is really unimportant and I say this all the time like few people like I'll, I'll throw out a name few people remember Bobby Humphrey the running back from the Denver Broncos right So, few people in 20 years are going to remember Josh Gordon, the wide receiver. So, it's more important for him to get himself right mentally and physically for the long term than it is to get back to the NFL season quicker so the Browns might win one more game than they would normally. I'm a big believer in that. So, like... I, I understand where the timing stuff will come and there'll be somebody out there that'll be like well why did he do this three weeks ago when he's still when he wasn't closer to being off suspension like listen sometimes it takes somebody being so close to the brink of their rock bottom or after rock bottom while facing a positive they might not feel like they deserve such as coming back off of the suspension to realize that they might need help, and he might not actually need the help, but he might think he does, and we don't know this. That's all the speculation aspect. I'm just saying, if he thinks he needs the help, and he's willing to go seek the help, I say good for him, and I say hopefully Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland stood by him through everything else, so I imagine they're going to stand by him while he's actually trying to get help, and um, well hopefully this ends in a, in a happy happy ending, and not. Not like the many sad ones we've seen before, or the ones like we're seeing being witnessed in real life now through real time, like a Johnny Manziel.
1: Absolutely, man. Again, we're the so big story here negative. Is- no, no. This is. I mean, listen. It's not good, but ultimately, it's good that a player who's troubled off the field is seeking the help that they need. And there's really nothing else you could say about it than that. Yeah, it's it's disappointing from a merely sports standpoint of. This guy's awesome. I want to see him out there. I want to see what he could do, all that stuff. But again, that stuff is secondary and good for Josh Gordon. Let's move on and let's get to our picks.
2: NFL picks. That's our <laughs> that's
1: segment a, music. That's the new segment
2: music. NFL picks.
1: Made, made on the spot. I think that's what we should start doing. We should just, you know, improvise and make our own new segment music every week. That'd be really fresh. Anyway, let's fresh. get into week four. Joe and I are both 9-6 and six on our picks Whew. through this week, so hopefully I emerge and go 5-0 and o this week, and Joe goes 0-5, and, five, and I take the reins, and I win the big prize, which is nothing, because we didn't set
2: a prize. That's but, right, we should have. Hey, we're still lining up the season. What's the bet that we won't live up to?
1: No, I can't think of it right now, but that, that's our homework. Let's think of something good for next week, and we'll make up a new bet. We could put it up we- to the poll. <laughs> Dude, <laughs>
2: this is a, this we still all the viewers a mustache.
1: The viewers. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I actually was thinking about it. I may go mustache. I may go mustachio this weekend. I need to shave. My I have a beard, beard shape.
2: right now, so I could just shave and have the mustache ready.
1: Right. Yeah, my beard shape isn't good right now, so I kind of need to reshape it, and then maybe I just go mustache for a little bit. Ooh, I'll put it on the poll and see if I can. Sounds sexy. Second second mustache-related poll of the show. Anyway, we are babbling on. You Let's know what move. I want
2: you to do? I want you to shave, like, your actual face, but leave out the chin. The the neck beard there.
1: Neck beard. That would be terrible. That's like Andrew Luck. That is not a good look.
2: What's wrong with Andrew Luck? Are you saying he's ugly and looks really
0: old? You made fun of him <laughs> weeks ago,
1: so don't you put this on me. Don't you put your what does he say? Don't put that voodoo on me, Ricky Bobby. Anyway, do you hear that are- do you hear that?
2: Wait, listen. Time for NFL picks.
1: Week 4 picks. All right, man. We're starting in the AFC East. Where else would we start? The Buffalo Bills, who got an impressive win over the Cardinals last week, traveling down to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. I don't think it's down. I don't know where it is. But they're traveling to New England, taking on the Pats. It's, it's up. Is it? Yeah, it's north. Buffalo's pretty high, too. Anyway. <laughs> uh, awful. Patriots are a home favorites, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go first, Joe. Go I got the Bills in this game. I don't know why. These are the a Rex played, Ryan homer. I'm the furthest thing from a Rex Ryan homer. I cheered for the, my favorite Jets to fire him for the last three years he was there. I'm definitely not a Rex Ryan homer. Anyway, the Bills played Arizona really tough. I Neither game against New England last year was a blowout, <laughs> even though they did lose both of them by more than a touchdown, and the spread here is a touchdown. I won't go as far as to call this a letdown game for the Patriots, who get Brady back in their next game. I still think they win this game. I, just, I think Buffalo plays them close. I think Rex shows up for Belichick games. I'm a Rex Ryan homer. That's <laughs> why I'm picking the Bills. I Again, I, just, I don't think they're going to beat them by a touchdown. I think, I think New England wins this game, just not by
2: seven. Joe, who do you got in this one? Now, here's the issue. G- Jacoby. Might not Joe be Kobe play. Brissett. the red, white, and blue mamba, might not be playing in this game. It might be Jimmy Super Good Looking Garoppolo. Um,
1: I approve that nickname.
2: Which one, the red, white, and blue mamba, or the Super Good Both Looking Garoppolo? Jimmy Super Good Looking Garoppolo? Is what I was referring. To. I want to like. Here is my issue. Like every time we do these things, I want to make segment music for everything we say, and this our podcast just be segment music. Um, that'd be fine. Uh, I'm gonna go. Man, I don't have the faith in Rex Ryan and the Bills like you do. I six, don't have faith six and a in half, half is such a big line. However, 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 I'm gonna go with New England because you know what? I think Bill Belichick hates Rex Ryan, but seriously, I think he hates him. So I think if they get up a touchdown, and then he figures out what Rex Ryan is trying to do, like he's gonna go for like to get Rex Ryan fired and like try to put up like 90 points.
1: I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know why I didn't pick the Patriots here. I'm going to stick with the Bills. Patriots absolutely embarrassed Houston last week. They are, like, so freaking good, and they get better every week when you don't expect them to get better. I'm sticking with the Bills, though. Good for you for picking the winner. <laughs> Happy for you. All right, yeah. let's, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns at the Washington Redskins. Racial Yep, yeah, this is another game where we're going with the, the spread. It's a pretty high number. Redskins are eight and a half point favorites at home against the Browns. Joe, who do you like in this one? The Browns, nice.
2: I'll never pick. For, I mean, first of all, like I go through my Kirk Cousins spiel out on the weekly. Um, eight and a half line is huge. I know the Browns aren't good. I know they're not good. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you all these great things. Terrell Pryor does a ton. Um, they're not good. Um, I think Kirk Cousins stinks. So. I think the Browns lose less, by, lose by less than 8 and a half points.
1: Awesome. Uh, yeah, the Redskins just don't appear to be good enough to be getting so many points, so I, I really agree with you. They I think this is because game.
2: they travel well nationally. I think this is one of those lines where it's not necessarily in the... Like, they want people to not bet on this game. That's what it feels like.
1: Sounds about right. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, it's a really high number. Washington's a lot better than Cleveland. Cleveland's tricky, though. I believe in Terrell Pryor. I also believe in your boy, Hugh Brown, a.k.a. <laughs> Hugh Jackson. Going back to that, so in case you missed Monday's show, Joe called Hugh Jackson Hugh Brown, so we started laughing and calling every coach their first name and then the name of their teams. How do we miss Lovey Buccaneers?
2: I don't know. Or J. Rachel Slurs?
1: Yeah, J. Rachel Slurs would have been great. Um, but Lovey Buccaneers, man, that's an obvious one. Anyway, back, back no, that to the Well, that's a stuff. good
2: one. That's an excellent one.
1: I think the Redskins win this game. They might even win it by a touchdown, but not more than that. Not more than eight and a half points. Uh Skins kind of look like they're in a groove. Last week was a really impressive win over the Giants. The Browns' defense is awful. Just offensively, though, I feel like they moved the ball. I think they'll be able to run against Washington, who, here comes the stat, has the eighth-worst run defense <laughs> in the NFL through three games. That so doesn't sound good. It does, No, it's not good. They're not good. Their team name is terrible. They're going to win this game, but the Browns are going to cover the spread. Speaking of bad teams, the Tennessee Titans stink, and they're playing your boys, the Houston Texans. The Bill
2: O' (laughs) Texans.
1: (laughs) You have to add the O, don't forget. Yeah. Titans at Texans were six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with the Texans, and I'm doing it on the premise that the Titans are awful, and the Texans should have a field day on your boy (laughs) Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. So you think
2: think Bork Osweiler is going to be okay this game?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I think they're just going to run the ball down Tennessee's throat, though. But no and J.J. Watt. That's the thing. J.J. Watt's been hurt, so I think that the defense kind of rallies for him. I think the defense is still fine without J.J. Jadeveon Clown, he's turned into a real ball player, and that's pretty <laughs> much the only—he
2: is! He's- I know, that's <laughs> such a weird, cliche thing to say. He's turned into a, a real ball player. Is he, is, yeah. he, is he chopping that wood, working on that grindstone?
1: That's J.J. Watt's job. That is I not J.J. job. job. Um, but thank you for making me feel like a jerk for calling him a ball player. For what um, it's worth,
2: I'm taking the Texans as well.
1: Awesome. So the one game we dif- differ on so far is Buffalo at New England, which you're going to get right. So you're going to take the lead. There's nothing else to say about that game. That's going to be a stinker. Texans are going to win it. Let's move on to MetLife Stadium <coughs> and talk about my boys. Was that a sneeze?
2: No, it was just two. I don't know what that was.
1: Regardless of what it was, I hope God blesses you. Some other Seahawks traveling to New Jersey to take on the New York Football Jets, who are three and a half point home dogs. Joe, who do you like in this game?
2: Not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Nobody I mean, like. I know Patrick. Seattle's not not been great this year. Uh, I think we need to be honest. Ryan Fitzpatrick has great weapons on the outside, like, great great weapons, very very talented wide receivers. And he, almost, he threw a rookie under the bus for one of his six interceptions last week, so good for him. Um, I'm going the Seahawks, and uh, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to throw six picks again, and the average means kind of tell you that he's probably going to throw none, but uh, he stinks, so go Seahawks.
1: You're not going to get any disagreement on Ryan Fitzpatrick's stinking. However, I'm going to take the Jets. Trevon Boykin might start this game for Seattle, and I don't think he's as good as Red, White, and Blue, Mamba, Jacoby Brissett. (laughs) So if it's Trevon Boykin starting and not Russell Wilson, that might not be good for Seattle. Seattle's also not even anywhere near as good on the road as they are at home, especially not early in the season. Team still hasn't hit the groove that they're definitely going to hit at some point. But the Jets stink. Right. Same time, the Jets stink. (laughs) They have injury concerns. Decker and Marshall both appear to be hurt. Um... But I, I think last week's game was a little bit of a, I don't want to say fluke. It's not a fluke. Fitzpatrick's bad. The Chiefs are good. It's not surprising that happened. But I can't see that happening every week to the Jets. The weather was bad. The Chiefs' defense is really good. Look
2: at all these qualifiers you're putting out there. Yeah, you yeah. really, You really want to say Jets are good. The the Jets aren't good.
1: They did win ten games last year, though, and the offense has been good. The offense has been good with Chan Gailey since he took over. So I think the Jets are going to have a bounce back game. I don't think they're going to win, but I definitely think they're going to at least at bat, at worst lose by a field goal. That's where I'm going. Let's go Jets. <laughs> right,
2: well, Let's, well, you just picked them to win, but you, they lose
1: by a field goal. They don't win. No, they win. It's three and a half oh, points. Oh, three and a half lose points. I'm sorry. They win. You jerk. A two point you, field goal. <laughs> All right. You were the worst. I'm not. Well, your I'm a to The next game
2: sure have at it so it's the andy chiefs at the mike steelers steelers are those both be good porn
1: names btw
2: that's uh i know you watch listen to dan levitar i was really
1: worried that you were just gonna say i know you watch porn i had no (laughs) No. idea where you were going with
2: it uh so they had alan thick on the other day and he has a new show called unusually thick and levitar lost his mind because you know unusually thick it makes you think of maybe a porn thing and Alan Thick was saying about all the other titles they had, and they're all they're all born names. It, it could have been um, absurdly thick, um painfully thick.
0: <laughs> I was like, here. wow,
2: Alan Thick has a really bad last name to put in the show title. Um or so, a great last
1: name, God bless, good for him.
2: So the Chiefs, Steelers. Uh You gotta tell me the spread. But I did th- th- I th- I think I did. And Steelers are giving. Five and a half points to the Chiefs. Um, Man, the Steelers didn't look great last week against a team that I thought wasn't supposed to be good. You are being way too nice
1: saying they didn't look great. They got their asses kicked by the Eagles, Whoa, right? Whoa,
2: the language here. We might have Sorry, a seven-year-old
1: <laughs> They did, though. I'm just being honest. You no, know, that's what I mean.
2: And like, I guess I'll go with the Andy Chiefs. All right. I'm not Andy- confident in that pick at all.
1: Any logic, or
2: just... Uh, with- because I saw the Steelers get whopped by a team that's not... Spo- like, I know they, they look good, like, their record's good now, and we all think they're going to be good now, but the Eagles aren't supposed to be good now, and they whooped the Steelers.
1: Right, yeah, we're, we're not totally it. sure what the Eagles are, but they look great through three games, and that's really all you could say.
2: Yeah, and, and I, they- I mean, poor Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Yeah, I'm the never going to feel bad for that guy, but... um. <laughs> Did, you, <laughs> they, did i say that out loud i didn't hear it so you probably didn't. i didn't hear it so hopefully no one else did we'll, i'll have to listen for that one in the morning i'm going with the chiefs as well uh it's it's weird you know this game is supposed to be like low scoring i feel like because both teams have relatively okay defenses even though again the steelers gave up a billion points to the eagles last week uh I think it's going to be a shootout still, and I think the Chiefs find a way to stay in the game. I don't know that they wind up winning. I know I feel like I'm saying that about every single game here that I pick teams for. I I don't know that the Chiefs win this game. It's Le'Veon Bell's first game back with Pittsburgh. I think he has a tendency to go nuts. He's going to get the ball a ton. He's awesome. I still just, taking the points here, I think the Chiefs cover five and a half, and that's what I got.
2: That's what I got.
1: All right, so one more time just to review. Bill's at Patriots, who are six and a half point favorites. I'm going Bills. Joe's going Pats. Browns at Redskins, who are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Both going Browns. Titans at Texans, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Both going Texans. Seahawks at Jets, who are giving three-and-a-half and and are home underdogs. I'm going Jets. Joe's going Seahawks. Chiefs at Steelers, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Both going Chiefs. They're your picks. Go win a lot of money with them.
2: You're welcome,
1: America. And if you lose, don't even come at me. Um, Anything else you're looking forward to for week four, Joe?
2: Well, i got to be honest. I want to see C.J. Procise get a carry in a football game.
1: Dude, they just signed C.J. Spiller today. What is with them getting C.J. running backs who aren't good, who aren't going to play? Oh man. Them the Seahawks. Wow.
2: I'm heartbroken.
1: Sorry to hear that. If C.J. Procise was good, we would have seen him by now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thomas Rawls, Thomas Rawls might not be alive anymore, and C.J. Procise can't see the field. You but I'm glad you're looking forward to that. What are you looking forward to? For what it's worth, C.J. Spiller has a history of killing the Jets, so if he plays, he may have a big day. I know you're not interested in C.J. Spiller. You want the pro size. Here's what I'm interested in, and it's awful. I'm interested in the Rams-Cardinals game. Rams are 2-1. and one, The Cardinals are 1-2. and two. The Cardinals should absolutely run away with this game after that embarrassing loss to the Bills last week, but maybe the Rams are better than they looked week one when... They got crushed by the Niners, and maybe the cards aren't that good. Arizona was one of the teams that I expected to take a step back before the season, but they were still thought to be a Super Bowl contender. You cannot be a Super Bowl contender and start the season one and three with losses to the freaking Rams and the Bills, so I'm interested in seeing where that game goes. I'm also interested in New Orleans going to San Diego, which will be the first time Drew Brees has been back in San Diego since leaving 10 years ago, and I hope that game is a shootout because I have Melvin Gordon and Mark Ingram on my fantasy team. So, shout out to
2: Jeff. Shout out. Great. Good talk. Well, I don't know. I don't have a lot of Rams stuff on my my mind. If Jeff Fisher wins, it'll be the first time he's that far above 500 since 2006.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is not good. How did this man just get a contract extension?
2: (laughs) Because he, he does a great job making friends with ownership. He must be Played a hell of a in.
1: golf partner. It's not what you know; it's who you know. In the mustache. All right, Joe. What's on your mind?
2: Well, first, what's with the music? Music, music.
1: What's on your mind?
2: <laughs> shout,
0: shout, I'm talking to you. Come on. Fantasy football and bus stops. Things on our mind that we can't let it drop. Jared and Ryan, Joe is a fool. Sometimes they didn't take it inside the pools. These are the things on our mind. Be careful of what you'll find. Things on our mind. I'm on our mind. Things on our mind. da 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 These are things on our mind.
2: All
1: right. so <laughs> I'm going to go first because you can't keep it together. We have new segment of music for What's On Your Mind in case you missed it. So here's what's on my mind. It is 11 o'clock my time and I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> and the main, have, the main reason I haven't the main reason I have eaten dinner yet is because my fiance, I walked to the train. We live very close to a train. I walked her to the train at like 830 and uh, she got on a train and she's going out for her bachelorette party this weekend. And uh, I don't know how to be an adult without my fiance is essentially what I'm saying. And it stinks because this is such a like brownie point. What's on your mind? And she's definitely not going to listen to this. But I like can't make food decisions without her. Even the other night, she wasn't going to be home the other night. I had to ask her what she'd want to eat the next night so I could figure out what I was going to eat that (laughs) night. Um, I also have to be honest. I had some amazing pizza this afternoon. I had one slice that was like honey, sriracha, chicken cutlet. And one slice that was Chipotle macaroni and cheese. So that definitely factors into me not wanting to eat. But along my walk home after I dropped her at the train, I have Shake Shack. I have Chipotle. I have like four good bars. I have a bunch of pizza places. There's like endless food where I live. And I was just like... Nah, maybe I'll eat a bowl of cereal. <laughs> that, that's my life. Ryan Tannehill just threw a big pick as they were trying to drive. Oh. That guy's the worst. But that, that's what's on my mind. You AJ, know, I, 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 I have
2: that same you. issue for what it's yeah. worth. I, I have to be reminded to eat food by my wife. And then, like, if she kind of doesn't tell me what we're eating or what to eat, I don't eat. Worthless. We are worthless yeah. people.
1: And the weird thing is, like, I do a lot of the cooking, too, so it's not like I can't eat, she's not here to cook for me. Like, our relationship's not like that. It's the decision about what I'm going to eat that I need her for. I need her to make that decision. I can't do it. I am incapable of making decisions. I literally, for breakfast every day, I either eat a Nutri-Grain bar or a Nature Valley bar. For lunch, I usually have, like, a bowl of cereal. Dinner is, like, the one tough thing to make a decision on, and I just can't do it. I'm pathetic. You shouldn't look up to me. I'm sorry, guys. I let you down. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud.
2: Oh okay. Uh,
1: you don't gotta treat me like I'm weird about it. It's no, I'm telling people I'm a fraud. I mean,
2: all right. So what's on my mind? Well, let me tell you what's on my mind, here. Our segment music. Oh. I th- I think I think our segment music is awesome. Honestly, I have nothing. I don't have anything on my mind. You want to know why I have nothing on my mind?
1: Why don't you have anything? In your mind. I feel like you're stugatzing me right now and you just keep putting it off and like maybe not even listening to what I say, just waiting for the silence so you can get in.
2: What you, why would I listen? It's my turn to talk. Why am I putting off this? I don't
1: know, man. Because I've been asking you what's on your mind for like 10 minutes now and you haven't
2: been able to tell me anything. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. This top secret information. So that Elon Musk guy, I'm being that serious here. I had this conversation about an hour before we recorded. He's going to send people to Mars, right? You heard about this, right? Yeah, and, I saw that. I did, I saw that. And two hundred thousand dollars, and it made me think. Like, like we had this conversation a few weeks ago. How the last two places we have left to explore is space, and like deep in the ocean, we're going back there, baby. So two hundred thousand dollars isn't like a ton of money, and it's also being reported that like he's building a community there, which means there'll be jobs there. And, like, if you work for him, he'll help pay that $200,000 off for you. And, uh, like, listen, my lifelong dream is to be a journalist. I accomplished that. And I'm still pretty young. I kind of want to go to Mars, man.
1: It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's uncharted territory. You'd probably be the best sports writer. Up right? There. I could, be, I so could literally know.
2: go there and say I'm the best sports writer <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Like it's, big, my, yeah. luck, my luck, like one other writer would go and be like Wright Thompson, and I couldn't make the claim. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: It'll wind up being a whole bunch of writers who are just like, I can't make it in, in Earth as a writer. I got to go to another planet. And then, yeah. But, yeah. Th- like,
2: think about it.
1: I... It's very Last Man on Earthy. I don't know if you've ever watched the show Last Man on Earth, but in the first season, uh, the main character, whose name turns out to be Tandy, he winds up realizing there's one other woman, and then he realizes there's another woman who winds up being January Jones. So he's like, I'm the only man. There's these two women's... Women's. <laughs> women. There's these two women's. I'm going to get to procreate with both of them. Awesome. <laughs> and then, like, a huge fat guy shows up, and he winds up stealing January Jones. <laughs> so it, it's not a great show, but it is relatively funny, and I really like Will Forte. Forte? I never know how to say his last name, but... uh. Shout out to last man. Is that
2: Matt Forte's brother?
1: Definitely. They're also <laughs> related to uh, Joseph Forte. How did Ooh. you know, make a Joe Forte reference first?
2: The hell well, we're in football season.
1: That was very off-brand for you. But here's bro. here's, here's what ready?
2: I want to know. I mean, it's cool. serious, right? So, like, I'm convinced. I, we've talked about this before on the show. That, like, uh, maybe not in our lifetimes, but at a certain period of time where it would be so overpopulated, we need to move. Like, we need to repopulate elsewhere. And this Elon Musk guy is trying to do it for us, like he's tricking you into tricking people into going on vacation there. And I think that's an effort to make us feel comfortable.
1: So you're wondering what kind of terrible stuff awaits us on Mars? Well, here's the thing: like he's never been there for what no, it's worth. not yet.
2: Nobody's been there yet. Obviously, I think I think that'd be in the news. Um, like, who? If he goes, does he own Mars? Like, if he goes there, like who who owns it?
1: This is definitely a Christopher Columbus situation where he's like, "I'm going to be the first one there. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to kill Martians." My cat is screaming in the background. Well, he's
2: excited. He wants to go to Mars. Ralph wants to go to Mars. Ralph, do you want to go to Mars? Wait for it. <laughs> yeah, he, he said no. Oh, what a jerk. He likes it up here. <laughs> well, think. I'm just saying, like, because if he doesn't own Mars and I go up there, Kylie claim to some land. You definitely can. Here's the bad part, though. I feel like. He's
1: going to make sure no one's going up there with weapons, and he's going to be the only one with the weapon. So, like, you're not going to have a shot at taking down Elon Musk and his. Well, own- I don't
2: think he's taking anybody up there to fight or like kill people. I think he's in a sense he's sincerely trying to help us. I think that's awfully naive of you, Joe. You think he's an evil diabolical person who's bringing people up there to do what? All I'm slave is- labor? Like what? what? What do you think Elon Musk's evil plan is on Mars?
1: I don't know, I'm just saying, what happens in Mars stays in Mars, so who knows, you know what I mean? You
2: could, could you imagine, like, pretend this works out really, really well, like, really well, and then there comes a day, like, maybe not us, but, like, our kids or their kids could go, what do you want to do this weekend? Vegas? Nah, let's do Mars. Like, it's a no-big-deal thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, what are you guys doing for your bachelor party? Uh, you know, my buddy just went to Mars, so we're probably going to do some low-key, I don't know, <laughs> not Mars, that's all I know. Uh, here's the thing, though, about Mars and being a writer on Mars... What if there's no internet? What if there's no Wi-Fi? What are you going to write with? What if it's too hot? Listen, what if, if, can get, things, if we
2: can get to Mars, they're going to figure out how to internet it. What if they don't? What if that's not for our lifetime? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Like, we got to stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about the future.
1: So you're going to go to Mars so your child, your daughters, can be sports writers on Mars.
2: My oldest daughter, every, every once in a while, not very often, will say she wants to write like me when she grows up. And I oh tell her goodness. you I tell her you don't want to write like me when you grow up you're not gonna be very wealthy. So um, <laughs> uh, she's actually a math person, which I was I think she's gonna I think she has a chance to be a scientist. She might she might be Elon Musk's right hand man in fifteen years.
1: I'm rooting for her wholeheartedly. That's a good. What's on your mind? I'm proud of you that you you rallied and you came up with the. Good well, I t- one.
2: listen, I told you when the show started, I didn't have anything. and Then I kept trying to buy time. Then you accused me of being stupid. And then I was like, and, and they they had this on the radio today. They were talking about it, but like I'm I'm out, I talk about it all the time. I'm super interested in outer space and space and Mars and in the moon and Pluto and. I keep just rambling now.
1: Look at these name drops. Pluto, the moon. Is Pluto a planet or not? Oh, I think it C was claimed to no. be a planet again. See, I think. I think it was it was claimed to be a planet after years of not being a planet. I don't I know. I'm
2: that's my daughter. She's she's in science class now. She's
1: the scientist. Ask your daughter. All right guys, we are clearly done.
2: Thank you for we're listening. Done. We're we're
1: done. We're probably going to be fired. No, we're not going to be fired. We didn't make up Burt Gertzen. Anyway, I'm Jared. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. I'm definitely still Jared. I'm (laughs) proud of myself for not reacting too much fantasy-wise. But then again, nothing happened for the Dolphins. They stink. They're going to lose this game. I'm just praying for garbage time points for Jarvis Landry. You don't care. Thank you for listening through that. You can find me at todaysfastbreak.com. Follow me on Twitter at Hoops. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. And I'm going to plug for you. Again, Joe's got that Jameel Warney piece coming out on Wednesday. Monday. And he's got, oh, Mon- I don't <laughs> even know what day it is. Joe's got the, the Jameel Warney piece coming out on Monday on Today's You. And I believe it was today that the piece dropped on Today's Fast Break. So if you love Jameel as much as we do, go check that out. Joe, shout yourself out, man. Tell the people where they could find you besides Mars.
2: Uh, today's fast break. Today's you on the Twitters at Joseph Nardone N-A-R-D-O-N-E. I am a real person. My bylines are real. And that's all I have. Boop, boop.
1: Uh, <laughs> segment music to end the show. It's the end of the show and this is the music.
2: <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That's fine. Oh, I'm tired. I-
1: and I am too. We both have to figure out dinner. We're pathetic.
2: Dude, it's <laughs> eleven ten 10 at night. I haven't eaten yet.
1: Yeah, I'm going to probably have a bowl of cereal or something.
2: I'm staring at Apple Jacks as we speak.
0: All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot takes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their peepers are filling up their pockets. But not for riders. Not for riders. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.